Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Happy 2020, my friends. It's a new decade. I thought it'd be fun to talk to a few friends about what life was like for them 10 years ago, how life has changed, what the year 2010 brought them, what the last decade has brought them, and what they hope for over the next 10 years. You guys are loving this show, and we are loving making this show so much for you guys. If you're listening right now on the Friday, I'm heading to Therefore Gathering, which is a gathering for teen girls, and I'm so excited. I love seeing amazing teens growing in their faith, running hard after Jesus. It gives my mama heart so much hope for all of our boys' future wives and for my own soon-to-be teen daughter's life. Love what they're doing there. On today's Your Last Decade, I wanted to share a conversation with you all that I had with my best friend, Amy, who we've been friends since ninth grade, you guys. You guys know and love Amy. She was actually, fun fact, the very first guest that I ever had on the happy hour. Basically, I said, hey, best friend, I'm starting a podcast. Will you talk with me for an hour? And she said, yes. She's been on a handful of times since then. You're gonna love her so much. Over the last decade, Amy and her husband, John, have been raising their kids. Three of them, they have three kids. Their oldest, Mabry, has special needs. For much of Mabry's life, there really was not a diagnosis for all of the needs that she had until these recent years. And in the show today, Amy shares with me about how that has impacted their lives and her heart personally. Here is my conversation with my BFF in the whole wide world, Amy Gayhart, which stick around to the end because I want to tell you about a project that you're going to be interested in. Here's my conversation with Amy Gayhart. This is my best friend for over 25 years. Yeah. Amy Gayhart. Long time. Welcome back to the show. Thanks. If you are a longtime listener, you know that Amy was my number, my first guest I ever had. Oh, it was rough. It was rough. And <laughs> my 15th guest, uh-huh. I guess I was like, hey, can you come back, please? Yeah. <laughs> I saw, and someone left a comment on my blog recently that said they had started at the beginning. And I hear that often. Really? And I literally am like, oh, I'm gosh. sorry. <laughs> right? Oh, man. I but, remember you got mad at me because I kept moving around. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was... it was Because it was through the computer. Yes. Like, yeah. But I didn't even have a microphone. It no. Was a, no. It was the craziest thing ever, but you were my very first guest. You did it. We did it. And here we are. Yeah. Back again. So right now, we're in California. Yes. Orange County. I'm speaking at Catalyst today in just a couple hours, and you joined me on the trip. I did. Which is so fun. Yes. Why don't you tell them why this trip is so exciting for you to come to California with well, me? Well... Let me tell you, because in high school, Jamie has family out in California, and they were taking a family trip in the summer, and she got to bring someone with her, and she chose her boyfriend instead of me. And where is he? Who knows? Who knows? Where are you? Right here. Still in my life. (laughs) Right here. Finally made it to California. Needless to say, I didn't ever let it go, but I'm going to let it go now. Because now I brought you. Yes. Thank you. Two things about that story. My mom's probably listening to this, so I won't talk. Hi, Karen. Bad. <laughs> I don't know why they let me bring a boyfriend and Mm-mm. not you. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They should have put... Okay, maybe I'm mad at Karen and Randy. You Take it out. Take it up with Karen and Randy, I'll not call me. Y'all. I'll call y'all later. I probably was like, Mom, please, please, please. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, I'll die. Yeah. But I have friends right now who have kids that are older, and they have taken boyfriends and girlfriends on trip. I mean, yeah. it's not the strangest I, thing in the world. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but... I guess we're not there yet. We're not there yet. And so, so right I now, it's a no. I, right now, it's a, not we, only a no. We have your oldest is a freshman and mine's 
How yeah. old is my sixteen? Yeah, yeah. So she's a sophomore. Yes, she's okay, a yeah. sophomore. Um, so we're not there yet, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> Great. So and we'll say, oh, we said never, uh, and here we are. Mm-hmm. This is a this is an advice for parents. Do you remember before you had kids, you would look at other people and be like, oh, we will never do that. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. Don't say never to your in those shoes. I absolutely remember one time I was riding with my sister-in-law and my nephew, who was probably two at the time, and she handed straight up handed him an ice cream cone in the car. Mm-hmm. And you thought? I was like, oh my God, like, no, that can't happen. And if you could see my car today, you would laugh <laughs> because it's like... A rolling trash That's can. Like with everything in life, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't know till you're there. Yeah. Like, I was like, are you serious? This is happening it's right hilarious. now. Mm-hmm. I look back to, I mean, when Aaron and I got married, he was a student pastor, mm-hmm. which most student pastors are young, which is great because they're close to the age of the kids. Sure. They're cool and Re- hip. Relatable. But they've never parented students before. No. You know what I mean? Like, no. we're like five years out of being students ourselves. It's because parents are too tired to... Yeah. Do the summer camps. And we're so happy for those young <laughs> yes, people. Yes. Now, you know, when our kids are in student ministry and they have student leaders, sometimes they do think, nothing bad, but sometimes they just do things and I'm like, y'all, we could do this better. Mm-hmm. But I would have never known that. You no. may tell you one of them. Yes. When D, this is anyone that goes to my church or that's part of student ministry, I'm not ragging, but here's something that only a mom would think, that the leaders would never think of. Our, D, our student thing that meets at our house is from 7 to 8.30. Mm-hmm. As a mom, I'm like, y'all need to be done at 8.30. Oh, yeah. The parents are waiting. They got to get home. But the student leaders are so awesome. They're hanging out with them. They're praying. And whenever I think that in my head, I've never said it out loud to just now, but whenever I think it in my head, I always go, Jamie, you're such an old person right now. Uh-huh. For crying out loud, stop praying <laughs> and let's get to bed. Stop hanging out with my kids. Yes. Stop loving on my kids. We have a paper due tomorrow. <laughs> okay, so enough about being old people. Um, okay, so we I, are old people too because- at dinner last night, we were talking about how do these girls wear these shirts and you can't, you don't even know if they have pants on or not. I told you it's one of my pet peeves. I could write a book about pet peeves, but I don't like saying them that often because it makes me sound like a grouchy old woman. But we did say last night we had the same pet peeve and I, we both cannot handle it when girls have on long t-shirts and you can't tell if they have shorts on. Right. Right. Just pull your shirt up, baby girl. Or wear some longer shorts. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Or... We're such moms yeah, right now. Sure. Um, okay, so we're going to chat for a few minutes before we go to the venue. But I want to talk to you. I just This is just me. This conversation is just me and friends talking about real life. Kind of like the happy hour, but these are a little shorter. A little shorter. Okay, a little background on you. I'll do a little intro and you mm-hmm. can fill in the blanks. But you and your husband have been married for 18 years. Yes, it'll be 19 Almost in 19, July. Yes, because uh-huh. it's a year ahead of Aaron and I. Mm-hmm. Um, you just said your oldest is 16, yes. Mabry, um, with special needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Jack, who is in eighth grade, a year older than my He'll two be boys. 14 tomorrow. <gasps> Happy birthday, Jack. Mm-hmm. And then your youngest Slater is in? He's in third grade. Third He's grade. nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of your motherhood. But when you and John had Mabry, mm-hmm. your oldest, mm-hmm. You went into parenthood, motherhood, parenthood, just like everybody else does. Sure. Full of expectations, full of dreams. I mean, golly, like you just, you get pregnant and you're already thinking about she's going to play soccer and then she's going to go to prom. No, she would not have played soccer. Okay, but she's going to play basketball, you know, and then all the things you could go all the way through your whole life and I'm going to walk, I'm going to walk her down the aisle and then we're going to get married. And then your dreams did not become a reality. Mm -mm. How early on did that set in for you? So... uh, when she was born, we had no, there was nothing wrong. Perfect, beautiful, 
child, first grandchild, first girl on one side, you know, just the princess of the family. Uh, she still is. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, she developed normally. Um, and, and it wasn't until she just didn't start talking that we were kind of like, mm, maybe we need to get this checked out. You know, what's funny is I remember we were both parenting. Mabry's mm-hmm. one year older than my oldest. Right. So we were going through things in parenting a little bit later. Yes. But I don't know if you remember this. Caden didn't talk for a long time. Yeah. And so we almost had this in common of just like, oh, I mean, we're just, mm-hmm. it is just happens. Right. I mean, Caden was in speech therapy. He didn't really even talk till he was two and a half. And, sure. you know, so it seemed kind of like, oh, this is, this can be typical. Right. And we thought that and everybody said, she'll talk when she's ready. Don't worry. You know, blah, blah, blah. Well, we so we brought in speech help, which that can't hurt. We did too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, no big deal. And the speech therapist was like, um, does she always roll her eyes like that? And we're like, oh, huh. Well, like when she really likes something she's eating or if she's trying to be dramatic or if she's tired. And it's not like she's six months old at this time. She's probably 18 months old. Mm-hmm. Um. And she goes, you know, I would really have that looked at. I would have that checked out. And so I am an advocate for early intervention. So we did. We had it checked out. And by this time, we had Jack. He was three months old when we had Mabry's first EEG done, um, which checks for seizures, basically. And at that time, she was having 30 an hour, and we didn't know. Um and it wasn't like they were grandma. They were absent seizures, which is just like what the speech therapist saw. It was just a simple eye roll. Um, and I know most new moms stare at their babies 24 hours a day and stare them in the eyes. And we didn't, you know. So looking back, we're like, how could we be so stupid to miss that? But in reality, it wouldn't have changed a whole lot yeah. if we would have known. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and she wasn't falling on the ground having seizures that no. you would have been like, oh, this isn't a problem. No, like I'm saying, it was just like, yeah, a slight maybe twi- three to five seconds. Uh-huh. But when you're having 30 of those an hour, you miss a lot. Yeah. And so at that time, you know, progress, progress, we were just told she had a developmental delay. And so we just started with the seizure disorder. So medication um, started to control them. And um, we just, kind of moved on with life. I mean, yes, special ed, yes, behavior problems, sensory issues, but engaging, funny, love to be with people. She loved, She loves to be with people. She loves to talk, not talk to them, but gesture and sign. And she does have some words at 16, more for us than for the general public. You know, general public wouldn't know what, yeah. they wouldn't know what she's mm-hmm. saying, but we do. Yeah. Um, so that was it. And yes, we did the speech therapy. We did occupational therapy. We did, you know, all of that. And at one point we were just like, you know, we need to, we need to just let her be a kid. Like she just needs to be Mabry. Mm -hmm. And so we, she did it all through the school, but we didn't do any outside therapies. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I do know that was, you know, that, was a journey. And of mm-hmm. course, hearing that at the beginning is super, super difficult. But you have lived under the assumption for all of these years, seizure disorder, yeah, development, and, development and at the delay. Time, it, we, it, we joked that it was just a Mabry syndrome yeah, uh-huh. because nobody could really put their finger they're, they're on it. not giving you a diagnosis. Right. We didn't yeah. have a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Which I know from having another mutual friend of ours mm-hmm. who has a child with special needs that when they finally got a diagnosis, it was such a healing thing for them because mm-hmm. they could all they could finally go, 
okay, here's mm-hmm. what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that you necessarily were looking for that all of mm-hmm. these years, but within the past year, you finally got a diagnosis. Right. We walked into a new neurologist, our, our neurologist that we'd been with since the initial EEG retired. And so we went in, John and I took Mabry to this, the new neurologist that took over for him. And he said, so when did y'all get the diagnosis of autism? And John and I were just like, what? Like, what do you, we have it. And he was very kind and he was very compassionate at the time. And he said, well, I need you to know that that's what we're dealing with right now. And um, floored, like absolutely floored. And that was a really hard day for John and I. And we didn't, we couldn't put our finger on why. We still can't because, yeah, all signs pointed to autism, but nobody ever said that to us. And I know in my heart of hearts that not having a diagnosis for all those years was God's provision for me because, you know, 14 years ago, if I would have heard autism, it would have broken me. I would have been shattered. All of those years of not having a diagnosis continued to give us hope of things will get better. There's a chance they can get better. You know, um, the stigma of autism kind of means, oh, there's your life. There's your life. That's what it's going to be. So do you think that's why it kind of floored you guys? Is you had been living with this kind of flicker of no, there could be hope? No, because we kind of, I think both of us the past two or three years have kind of realized this is, life. This is it. Yeah. This is what we're going to do. We've started thinking long-term. Mm-hmm. We've started preparing for that. Um, so it wasn't that. It was just the word. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're totally fine with it, you know, but yeah. that initial, you know, appointment that those words coming out were just really hard for us to hear. I think that's a super common response from everyone I've spoken to on mm-hmm. the show who is dealing with the child with a diagnosis with mm-hmm. special needs is that it's not that they thought, oh, my life is over. This is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. But it is just that initial moment mm-hmm. of going, okay, things are different for our family than what it looks like for everybody right. else. I think the hardest, I think what was the hardest is that I thought that I had already grieved the dreams for Mabry. I thought that that was done and I was healed, you know? (laughs) Um, And no, so much was brought back up in me and realizing that every milestone you might, I might have to grieve. I was telling you last night how Mabry's 16th birthday was really hard for me this year Um, because she wasn't driving away in a cute little pink Jeep like I thought she might, you know? Yeah. and that that's just one of the many milestones that we're about to hit. Mm-hmm. Like we're right in the throes of everything that happens people in going high to, school. Going to prom, getting a boyfriend, getting your license, graduating, going Moving to college, out. you know, all of those things aren't going to happen. Yeah. You know, it's interesting for me to hear and for listeners who have friends that have kids with special needs is to think you would assume that all those things are grieved the minute you found out. Sure. Like you'd be like, oh, this is no new information. Mm -hmm. You've always known Mm -hmm. that Mabry wasn't going to be driving a pink Jeep at 16. Right, right. But yet you can still say, I'm still grieving over that. Well, and that and seeing, you know, Facebook and Instagram Mm -hmm. posts of the girl's 
her age yeah. or the boys her age that we kind of grew up with, all of them are mm-hmm. getting cars and driving yeah. off and doing that. Yeah. And um, good news is at the end of the day, we have Mabry yeah. and we're okay with that. Yeah. We're overjoyed with that. Well, that's what I want to ask you because I've been thinking a lot through something I want to write about in the next book. And one of it is about life doesn't always work out the way we thought right. it was going to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we can all say that and be like, of course not. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that, when life doesn't work out the way that you thought it was, what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's what is so important, and especially as followers of Jesus, which yeah. your family is, my family. What do you do when life doesn't look like you thought it was going to be? You know, and especially because the special needs realm is what I know, you'll find a lot of special needs families that— and. It's maybe because maybe they don't walk with Jesus. Maybe they don't know. But a lot of them have chips on their shoulders of, you know, we were dealt this. So, you know, you owe me this. Basically, like, we have it hard. You owe me. And I kind of look at it as we were dealt these cards. Now let's play the heck out of this hand. You know, don't put them down. Try to discard or whatever. Like, let's just play the heck out of it, you know, and show others Look, yeah, this is what we do. So can I ask you this hard question? Sure. Do you think God made a mistake when he made Mabry? No. And it's funny, John and I had this conversation several, I don't remember. Oh, John was preaching at his mom's church. And he mentioned, you know, he always wondered if he had the big red easy button, if he could push the easy button, would he? And he said he wouldn't. And I'm sitting here going, uh, <laughs> Give me that button. <laughs> uh, there are some days that I'm searching the house for the button. Um, but she was born to touch people, like deeply move and touch people. We know this. Now, there's days where I'm like, really? Could you not have picked someone else for this? But that's exactly what she's here to do. Yeah. She's here as John says, she is the closest thing to un- a purest form of unconditional love you'll find on this side of heaven, period. Because we can have the worst day, and five minutes later, she's your best friend again. <laughs> it's like, you know, we joke like it's like Groundhog Day mm-hmm. on our house mm-hmm. all the time because we talk about the same things over and over and over again. And it's kind of like, it's so much like your our relationship with Jesus because we can mess up and we can have bad days. And it's like five minutes later, he forgot all about it. You know? How has parenting maybe changed you? Jeez. <laughs> I don't know if John would agree with this, but I have gotten so much more patient. And there's days I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Um, trust me, there's days I'm not. But I think patience, I think... Um, love for everybody. I had a lot of judgment. I had a lot of um, just uh, stereotypes in my mind that I don't know if I was raised with those or, you know, that's just what the world said and I believed them. But I don't see that anymore. I don't, I don't judge families. I don't judge, you know what I mean, what I'm saying. Even all, I'm not just saying special needs. I'm different saying yeah, social economics, cultures. different. Everybody. I don't. I always know there's a family there yeah. that's trying their very hardest. Yeah. You know. Okay, so um, 
one thing that I think is really cool about when people, like you said, have been dealt different cards that look mm-hmm. harder and you're like, I'm going to play the heck out of them. You mentioned that you and John are having to think long term. Yes. Uh, because the fact of the matter is maybe we'll never live on our own. Right. Um, and so you guys are thinking long term and you have, for the past couple of years, been running an organization that is a horse, a therapeutic, therapeutic horse Therapeutic riding, riding facility. facility. Yes. Okay. But you're also thinking long-term for uh-huh. a place that would actually be a housing facility. Sure. Um, Not necessarily housing right now. Daycare. Da- well, daycare. That's bad. <laughs> so the word is dayhab. I have Habitat? Like habitation. Habitation. I hate the word. We just call it our purpose program. Okay. Um, but it's a place for special needs adults to go during the day. So tell us about what you do. Okay. So I am the executive director of Blue Sky Therapeutic Writing and Respite. Um, And yes, we are a therapeutic writing community. And no, I'm not a horse person. I just have really smart people that work with me. But the way I got into this is that Mabry adores horses. She is an amazing equestrian. She's just flourished. Um being on the horse and she just loves it. It's something she really looks forward to. And so I was like, yeah, okay, I'll join the board. This was in 2012. Oh, sure, I'll serve in that capacity. Fantastic. Fast forward to now to where it is a full-time job for me um, because we expanded and um, we knew that there's a lot of places that do horse therapy really well and we applaud them, we cheer them on, go, go, go. But where the state of Texas, it's 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 all over the nation, but especially the state of Texas, where we struggle is care for those over the age of 21. So because you're saying they can have go to school till they're 21. Yes, maybe will go Texas, to yeah. Prosper ISD until she's 21. Um, and then after that, then what? Yeah. And so that's what, you know, many special needs adults are in group homes. Some are in state schools. Some are living at home, but it's hard. Yeah. And especially those who need schedules and structure and something to do, where do you go? Yeah. And so many of these day hubs around, not all of them, a lot of them, though, are just like— You would not send— I wouldn't put my dog there. Yeah. And there's more out there Mm -hmm. for these people. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why we started the Purpose Program. And— at Purpose, we teach art and we teach woodworking and we teach gardening and cooking and um, job skills and life skills and, you know, to where hopefully they can gain knowledge. They're working at Blue Sky um, and the money that we make through the Purpose program goes back to fund the Purpose program so that we can keep it really reasonable for these families. But maybe they will gain the knowledge to go out and get a job. You know, that would be our ultimate goal is to fly, yeah. you know. Um, and and so many of them can do that. Yeah, yeah. And so that's that's my heart. That's what we do. And it's exhausting, <laughs> but it is, um, I knew that I needed, maybe 16, we have five years to figure this out of what we're going to do when she doesn't have school anymore. Yeah. And so that's why I was, hey, yep. It's my ulterior motive. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh-huh. That doesn't mean I don't love every single yeah. person I get to work with every day. And so many other people are benefiting from your ulterior motive. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. 
If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike, and it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Well, I love, too, that you guys are creating um, the stuff that you guys make and mm-hmm. build and create. It mm-hmm. is not, like, crappy stuff. No, I mean, we you're don't. creating great things that people can purchase and buy and would yes. be happy to put in their homes. Yeah, I, and I tell my clients all the time, my friends, they're yeah. not my, but I tell them all the time, like, look, we don't want a pity buy. Yeah. We don't want a handout. Like, we're doing business, and we're business people, and, yep, I'm sorry, that batch of soap, it doesn't look good. We can't sell it. And let's see why it doesn't look good. What did we do wrong? Yeah. You know, and so it's teaching them. Like, yeah. we can't have handouts our whole life. I love it. Um, we Hand up, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for giving us a chance to get our products in your store. Absolutely. But no, we're, you know, you're not going to just sell them for us for free. Yeah. You're going to take a cut because that's what people do. Yep. You know, so it's teaching them that. How can people see what you make? Instagram? So yes, Instagram is good. Um, we're Blue Sky Texas Therapeutic. And Facebook, real, our, our audience is more of a Facebook mm-hmm. kind of group. We're Blue Sky Therapeutic there. Um, we are working really, really hard to get our site online to where we can start shipping. Love we, it. we do it here and there when we have a big stock of orders. Um, but we do everything from goat milk soap to soy candles to um, barnwood cheese boards. It's beautiful homemade goods that people really would put in their house and yeah. not be like, hey, look, I mm-hmm. I supported a special needs kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh-huh. Which is great. It's quality work. It's quality work. Love it. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of questions for you mm-hmm. just for people who are listening mm-hmm. who are not parents or grandparents or aunties or uncles or whatever to someone with special needs. Mm-hmm. What do you want people to know about parenting a child with special needs? That they grow up. I think that's the main thing. There's so many organizations that that do great work for children. But when they're not cute anymore, when they're not easy to handle, when they're not on the cover of a Special Olympics brochure, that they're still here mm. and they still matter and they still deserve the very best, just like you would want it for everybody, you know, um, and that we want the best for our kids too as they grow into adulthood, that they're here. They're not going anywhere. Um you know, John and I were just talking before we left to come here 
that April 2nd was World Autism Day. And I saw this statistic that in 1979, one in 10,000 had autism. In 2019, 40 years later, one in 59. Dang. Where are these people going? Yeah. There's not housing for these people. So they're either staying at home with their families or they're ending up in state-run facilities, which again... You're not going to put your mm-mm. cute dog there. Nope. Nope. And so what do we do? Mm. What do we do? So I think that people that don't have a special needs, child, kid, friend, family, whatever, find an organization that the money goes directly to helping families. Yeah. I know Autism Speaks and, um, you know, Special Olympics, Mm -hmm. they do great things. Mm -hmm. We love it. But really, really find a place that you know where the money's going. It doesn't have to be Blue Sky. It doesn't have to be, you know. You'll take their money. Oh, we'll take your money. It's almost like after the earthquake in Haiti. And we're mm-hmm. like, hey, Red Cross is amazing. But yes. you know what's going to help the most? Yes. If you can give to Real Hope for Haiti or yes. Heartline or whatever these organizations that right. we know and trust that are on the ground doing the work. You know, it, for example, um, this is just an example. Two weeks ago, we had a we have a single mom at Blue Sky that has twins. Uh, they're 18. They both have autism. And with autism comes behaviors. And these are, these are grown, grown men. men. Yeah. And they have destroyed her house. And she called me and she said, Amy, my landlord's coming. I'm so afraid that we're going to get evicted. And then where do we go? And if they were evicted from their house, it would be totally detrimental for these boys. The change of routine, the change of location, all of that. So I said, okay, we got this. So we got a team together. Blue Sky paid for it. And we got people over there to fix their house. Wow. We repaired it. That's that's yeah. hands and feet. Yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of the unknown and unseen thing, challenges. You don't think about it. Yeah. Um, and yes, we want to diagnose. I mean, yes, we want to cure. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, but while we're waiting on that, what's happening? Yeah. How are these people being helped? I'm going to ask you a few more questions before we go. Number one that just popped into my head, because I know that this has been um, an issue that you and John have had to walk through. Mm-hmm. A lot of my listeners who are listening um, are church people. They mm-hmm. go to church. Mm-hmm. What can churches do to better minister and help and walk alongside parents in the midst of parenting kids with special needs? Yeah, I, and a lot of churches do have special needs ministries, um, which are, is fantastic, and it's always an option. But to know that it's not going to work for everybody. Like, we have a fantastic special needs ministry at our church. And my, it doesn't work for Mabry. It doesn't work for Mabry. Yeah. And just to know that that's okay. Yeah. Um. What we love about our church is, yes, Mabry goes to church with us. She sits on the front row with us, you know, but to know if she has a meltdown, just keep going. You know, we're doing our best, like, don't stop down. (laughs) And everybody knows that she will do that. Mm -hmm. So knowing that we're home, but welcoming families with special needs, coming to them and saying, what can we do to help? Yeah, Because there's not a cookie cutter yeah. answer to that. Mm-hmm. It's different for every single family. I love that just being willing to say, hey, do you need a buddy? Do you need to not mm-hmm. have a buddy? Do you need this? Yeah. How can we serve your individual family? Yeah. And that goes a long way. Because it is, it's individual. 
Yeah. Every single person's different. Yeah. And yes, you can set up a great room, which we have at our church. It's just not going to work for Mabry right now. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's not going to work a year from now, yeah. which we really hope it does. Yeah. Um, but just knowing that because we don't fit in your cookie cutter doesn't mean we don't applaud what you're trying to do. Um, we do, mm-hmm. absolutely, and we appreciate it. But that it's just different, you know? It's just different for every single and person. And it's okay. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Well, I love what you're doing, and you actually have an event in October. Yes. It's in Dallas, in North Dallas North area. Dallas. So if anyone is mm-hmm. available to come, yes. it's October. October 5th. It's our sixth annual Horses and Hope. Um, and, and I'm coming. Jamie's coming. I know. She's gonna. I'm coming. She's gonna say a little few words. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it would be just a fun thing to come. Absolutely, and see what you're doing. It'd it's be a fun part. live yeah. music. Um, our writers, we call them writers or clients or friends. Yeah, um, they'll all be there. They just think they're the stars of the show, which they are. They are. Yeah, they rock it. We're all there to see them. Is what they think, and is true. Hysterical. Yeah. Um, okay, so I thank you. Are we done? I know. It's already been 30 minutes. Holy moly. Okay. Um, thank you. And I can't believe. Okay, so we've been friends literally 25 years. Mm-hmm. 25? 92. That's so crazy. So 92. What are we? Yeah. Yeah. 27 years. Uh-huh. The longest. Is it 27? Beside um, my immediate like family. family. My yeah. parents and my brother. I've known you the longest in my entire life. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I was your maid of honor. You were my maid of honor. Yeah. Yeah. I know. We yep. see each other all the time. So my my kids think your kids are their cousins. cousins and that's okay. We'll tell we'll them. We'll take it. We'll, we'll take it. Um, but I just want to say this to you. Thanks for being a great friend to me. Oh, I love that. And I'm super proud of you. Thank you. Um, I did, when I was writing my outline for this book, there is a part that I want to talk about when life just doesn't go the way you think. And mm-hmm. you you rise to the top of my mind because mm-hmm. I've got to walk through this whole thing with you. I've heard about the awful, where's the easy button days? And yeah. I've heard about the amazing, look what's happening in the purpose room days. Yeah. But what I've noticed the most is that you haven't ever just like, you and John, but I'll speak to you, you haven't ever just laid down and said, I'm done. Yeah. It doesn't There's mean days, you haven't wanted to, and it doesn't totally mean there have been days where it's mm-hmm. felt like that. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's so important for people to see that sometimes God's plan for our life, it looks different, it feels different, but it is still His plan. It's His plan, absolutely. You know, and so what a joy that He, when He was making Mabry, said, I'm choosing Amy and John to be her parents because yeah. they will be the best for her. And who knows what he was thinking. <laughs> right? <laughs> but no, he totally knows. But yes. Yeah. There and we want what John and I hope is to be able to bring awareness to the other families that are kind of walking through the same things in ways you can support them. Yeah. That's it. Okay, Amy, thank you. Thank you. I told you guys that you were going to love her. I love and adore my friend Amy so much, and I love all that she's doing to create opportunities for her daughter, Mabry, and all the others that are part of the organization she's running. One thing I want to tell you is that my friend Amy and her husband, John, just released a new podcast called The Totally Worth It Podcast. Here's how they describe it. We believe that a person's story is the most powerful gift that we can share with others. I agree too, you guys. You've seen it. You've felt it. You've been through it, and you've been called to do something with it. 
This is the Totally Worth It podcast, where we share the journey of others to learn from them, laugh with them, and love on them. We're not telling you it's going to be easy. We're telling you it's going to be totally worth it. Love it. Go check that out anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, you can find them there. So proud of them. Friends, thank you for listening to this special edition of The Happy Hour, Your Last Decade. Our hope with all of these shows that we bring you about your last decade is that you can reflect back on where you have been. Whether you were 23 years old, 65 or 12, 10 years ago, we hope you can look back and see what God has done in your life and where he has brought you. How you've persevered, how have you screwed up? What would you do differently? And what are you proud of? Also looking back causes me to look forward. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper and organized by Lindsay Sweeney. The music is developed for the show by Matt Graham and show notes are written by Aki Sluckers. We'd love it if you enjoyed the show, if you'd share it with your friends. Word of mouth is the number one way people find out about our podcast, and we thank you for that. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com.